When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I sell blue Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And welcome to the last Man City Show of the season, 2016-17. And we've left the very, very best till last. You're, we've got a packed studio. Your very, very favourites. Listen to this list. Lisa Rabinowitz, Rob Barron, CTID, Stuart Brodkin, Andy Connell, Dave Hodgson, Nick Goldstone, Steve Allwise, Tony Murphy. All of them are on the beach. They've gone away. And we are simply left here, ladies and gentlemen, with the dregs. The people who will be leaving in the summer on a free transport will be going out on loan. And they are, first of all, someone who will enjoy our numbers quiz a little bit later. Our very own Stato. And the dregs himself, Paul Denby. I think I'll walk out after that introduction. Bye. Bye. And also, someone who's been on this show probably as long as I have, my very good friend Steve Cox. Hello, Nigel. It's just the three of us. Yeah. That's, that's fine. It's all right, isn't it? They're yeah. all gone. They're on yeah. the beach. Listen, do we start with Sunday's 5-0 demolition of Watford? Now, was it because we were brilliant or they were crap? Combination of the two, I think. They, they, they were crap, let's face it. Um, I mean, in the first few minutes, always knew it was going to be a bit of a deluge at some point or other because De Bruyne and Silva had all the space and time in the world that they wanted. Not closed down or anything like that. It was, must, must have been like playing in their slippers for them too, really. Armchair ride, I think. Yeah, we've had slippers and armchairs so far. It's a bit yeah. end of season, this, isn't it? It was. It was fantastic. I've never felt so relaxed watching City after the first 20 minutes than I did yesterday because at 2-0 up, when we got that second goal, I just sat back and thought, I can chill for the rest of the game. There is no way Watford were going to score one, two or three goals. So, fantastic. And at 4-0, I just... It was total relaxation. Fantastic. And uh, getting that early goal helps, doesn't it, as well? And, I mean, the company was completely on Martin. His corner comes across. He had about an acre of space around him and just banged straight in. And uh, Vinny's back, which is uh, great to see. He just uh, makes such a difference, doesn't he, as well? well? That's three goals he scored since he came back from injury. And yep. that's more than the other centre-halves have scored all season. So it, it helps as well. You're right. The marking was atrocious. And, and the goal that Fernandinho scored as well was like schoolboy football, where he just... He just walked his way through and, uh, oh, after you, after you, keep going, keep going. Oh, you want to have a shot, please? Oh, oh, you, oh, you scored. Well done. I think my favourite moment was when, uh, I don't know what their manager had said to the fourth official or something, the, the referee <laughs> goes over and the Watford fans were so disappointed he hadn't been sent off. They were actually all booing him, asking him to be sent to the stands and huge disappointment from the Watford fans. What, what pleased you most, Steve, uh, about the performance? Because we've kind of threatened that, or we've said this on the podcast before, we've kind of threatened yeah. that sort of performance all season. It was a good team performance and it was clinical I think that was the bit that I liked there were some sweeping moves in there that the little dink from Silver over the top of the head of the mm. Watford player to land at Cliche's feet and he then sort of set Silver back off again and played in Sane and Sane that guy had no chance whatsoever of catching Sane I mean he knackered himself actually trying didn't he yeah. um 
disappointed that Aguero didn't get a hat trick because he probably should have done. Really, I've never seen him miss from that distance in my life. Not yeah. till the, not till Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you can't. We can't criticise him too much. We might come no, on to uh, no. the sort of season that he's had when we do our no, bit, of, bit of a review. I think, I think he, he was having a great game, but he just for some reason it was an absolute sitter. He should have scored that. He but, would have normally saw it, scored it if he was sleeping. But but he actually was on fire, wasn't he? Because he, he just was, yeah. he, he was absolutely yeah. brilliant. I have to say, all all game and uh, to miss him, and I was, it was it was actually funny actually more than anything. It was. We'd have been really upset had it been nil nil at the yeah. time. But as we were, I think it was four nil at the time. Yeah. It, it didn't really matter. Although, yeah, he, he should be scoring there goals we've had a couple of great games the last couple of games this season his cross for Jesus yeah sublime and for and the control by Jesus when he could have caught it juggled it and well he can only score tap-ins of course yeah Jesus yeah so uh, he did a bit to a bit more than that to score that just one, a little bit was it an own goal headed in mm, <coughs> no, no it was on target I think we'll yeah, give it exactly. to you yeah. we will um should we also talk briefly about the West Brom game? And I think there's only two words really to describe the West Brom game, and that was the amazing man of the match performance from Pablo Zabaleta. He was awarded it. He could have, <laughs> another day, got a yellow card for one of a very rash tackle. But, I mean, what a player. You know, he was just, he, he bleeded for City. The blood would drip from him. A real hero um, for nine seasons would put his life on the line for City. And you use the term hero maybe too loosely, but he was the one player, and there's a couple of others in there as well, that you would say just sweat blood for City. Currently probably another one in there. So fantastic and great send-off. But but for me, it's kind of, there's lots of players who are in this team who have won those two Premier Leagues, that, that FA Cup, those two League Cups, the Community Shield, all the things that we can, you know, in the last, since the money came in, if you like. Although, to be fair to Zabba, as we know, he came in before the money came. Just. Just, yeah, but that's fine. We'll, we'll do that. But there are only, it's kind of not what he's done, but it's kind of the way he, that he's done it for me. And, and, and. I think you know I was at City Square for, before the West Brom game and I talked about one other person and it's kind of once or twice in a generation and, and you certainly Paul will remember I think Steve you might just remember a fellow called Mike Doyle who yes. absolutely was in that mould of someone who you know you talk about bleeding sky blue and, and, and Mike and I can't think of many players between the two who would probably be in that category there have been some great players and been some servants and some legends and all the other things that we talk about but that sort of attitude of that player I can't think of many others so, so any you can think of between Doyle and Zabaleta that would fit that category I can think of players that would have fitted that category had they played for a longer period of time but didn't play for City long enough to merit that people who would go in and just give 110% Asa Hartford another one he would just go in and try everything but he, he didn't play long enough another one the rest is still now Jerry Gow as well he, was, yeah. he only played a couple of seasons for us I think and he, he would just go in and he'd put his life on the line. But they kind of, as you say, they kind of disqualify because yeah. they played two. So Hartford played a bit more probably than two seasons. But, but uh, I would say one from sort of a bit left field. Paul Dickov is an example. He didn't play for City for that long, but he's part of the club. He's a fan. He's a City fan. His kids are City fans. Ian Bray, and they're players that not only I think the thing is not only were they there for City, not only did they play well on the pitch, but they embraced City and the fans and the culture, and that's that's what makes them a legend. Yeah. So let's start looking back then at the season, I suppose. We'll do a bit of looking back, and, and we've been doing this a bit over the last few weeks anyway, but here's your opportunity, guys, to kind of... I've got some questions, really. I'm taking the Watford programme, actually, which I've got with me here, as my inspiration, because they pose some questions themselves, so I'm nicking it from them. Um, so the first one is, can we just, first of all, assess the job done by Pep Guardiola this season? 
Paul, you just give us that. I don't, not necessarily a mark. You might want to give him a mark, but 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 just kind of just assess the job that he's done. I'd say if it was a school report, he probably would have got a comment that a typical teacher would give. Could have done better, but in his first year, I think expectations were very high. Pep Guardiola came with a great record from Barcelona and Bayern Munich to a little bit lesser extent. And I think expectations were that he's going to walk into the team, he's going to motivate the team, and we're going to be challenging for the league and for Europe. And it's fine lines, I think I've said this before, that we finished third. Yeah, Chelsea and Tottenham are better teams over the 38 matches. Monaco getting knocked out, disappointing. But again, a fine line. It was six goals each. Yeah, we knew the rules, away goals we go out on. So I would say... He's done okay. It was his words that said, I would have got sacked from Barcelona or Bayern with this season. I think City are a little bit different club in that respect. So I'd say, okay, but he's got to do better next season. Even if we don't win the league and or the Champions League, we have to be at least a bit closer in on the league and make a bit more progress in the Champions League, within my view. Before I go to Steve, can I just pick up on one thing you said? And, and some would argue that Conte is in his first season as well in English football and he's gone and won the league from a team that finished, what was it, 12th last season? Yeah, but they finished 12th last season because they had Mourinho for the first half of the season. That team was predominantly, although there were changes, the same team that had won the league the year before. So they had some great players that won it in 15. They had a real major issue in 16 when Leicester obviously won the league and they finished 10th. They then had the advantage of having finished 10th and not being in Europe at all. And therefore that gave him a little bit more of an advantage, not having as many. It will be really interesting next season. I know I'm jumping ahead. All six top teams in the Premier League, uh, in terms of who could win the league, being realistic about it, barring another Leicester uh, scenario, are in Europe next season. Therefore they've all got to compete in three, four competitions. So that will put the playing field a bit leveller. If that makes sense. Your school report, Steve, on Pep? I think a lot of people have been critical of Pep this season, but he, he, when he was at Barcelona, when he was at Bayern Munich, they're big clubs that already were big clubs. They were already challenging for major honours in Europe. They were already most of the way there, so he didn't really have to do a massive amount of them. City is a slightly different proposition. It's a club that's on its way to that kind of level hasn't made it yet we'd had a really good team over a few years and we'd actually won a few things but we were in a transitional period this last year he seems to have got it right with the attack can't really argue with that the only thing that he's saying about that and I have to agree with him we haven't scored enough goals to, to negate what's happened at the other end and at the other end we've missed some key players we've not quite got it right defensively I think he probably should have dealt with that a little bit earlier in the season but actually since company's been come, come back we've, we've actually been really really solid so I wouldn't be too hard on him purely because the expectations, I think, were a little bit on the high side anyway. I, th- I think, you know, at the end of the day, we've qualified for Europe next year. We've had a good run in the cup competitions and it will only get better from here. Um, and what would you say he's learned particularly? I think he's learned a lot more about the Premier League and the intensity of the Premier League um, and, and actually what that means to have those uh, high-pressure Premier League games in the weekend and then be following it up with a game in Europe and then a game back in the Premier League again at, at the weekend. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's found out about that and it, it pays a high price on some of the players sometimes, but I, th- I think he's done OK. And talking of players, because that's at the end of the day what it's all about, sort of your standout players for the season, Paul, right? I don't, I'm not going to just give you one, it's just sort of wax lyrical about a few, those that sort of have caught your eye this year. Well, it's not Bravo, that goes easy. Um, the, the standout <coughs> players would be Sane, second half of the season, Silva, most of the season, Aguero, Jesus, De Bruyne in patches. I know people have been critical of De Bruyne, but you look at his statistics again, 
He has laid on 18 assists this season, which is three ahead of anybody else in the league. Maybe he just needs his shooting boots or a bit more luck. I'm not sure which one it is. He's hit the post, I think, about eight or nine times this season, the woodwork, metalwork, whatever it is. And that is, you could say, is that unlucky or is that just bad finishing? And I'm not sure which one it is. An inch or two to the left or the right, whichever way he's missing, and th- those that changes the whole game uh, quite a few times. I think he's had a decent season. He had that patch around January, February, March where more games than not he was off the boil. But I, I think on the whole... He's had a good season. And defensively, company, when he came back, just brilliant. It's not left much to Steve, I guess, which we'll come on to in a second. <laughs> but just picking up on, on De Bruyne for a second, because I think, of course, this time of year, lots of journalists, lots of pundits are doing their kind of team of the year. And De Bruyne has been in those teams time and time again. And we, around this desk and, and in this studio, we've actually been quite critical of De Bruyne over the last few, certainly that sort of patch in the new year, where he really did drift in and out of games and had a real patchy spell. I would say that they they quite often they watch the highlights. Um, they don't watch the whole games like we do, and we can see him drifting in and out of games. They see the match of the day highlights, and they see him doing the really good stuff that he does exceptionally well. And mm. they must be picking their opinion up from that. And there's nothing wrong in him being in that, but we can be we can be critical of him. He's one of our players. Uh, would you add anything or, or challenge anything that Paul no, said I, in I, terms of? I, I have to if everything that Paul said. But the other person I'd pick out is is there's there's two of them actually, and they they've been playing in sort of deep midfield or one of them's even been playing right back Fernandinho has had a great season for me he's been really really solid he does all the dirty stuff really well he does some of the other stuff really well and Torre is a a different man since he's come back totally different his attitude has changed he's improved physically his head switched on and he's actually playing a team game and and him and Silva the combination of those two together they just keep the ball off the other side and they do things with it that you don't expect I mean, him and Pep, they were nearly having sex on the side of the pitch when they got off before. There was like a real man, man love going on. I was never sure whether that was, you've got yourself another contract for another year or thanks very much, goodbye and so long and thanks for all the fish. Well, but, we'll, we'll find out soon, won't we, I guess? We will. Um, our biggest strengths then is the, is the next one. So biggest strengths as, as a team, Paul, going into next season? That's a real challenge. Creativity, creating chances is our biggest strength converting some of those might be a weakness at the moment but we do create an awful lot that's where I'm minor critical of of Aguero in that I think with the amount of chances we create we should be converting more it's not just Aguero to be fair the other midfielders and we had this conversation a few weeks ago I I think that that's our greatest strength our ability to cut teams apart is great on most occasions. We do get frustrated when we play some teams who just put 10 men behind the ball. Sometimes we can't quite do it. But most times we create an awful lot of chances. Any strengths you want to add with that? Speed and pace, I think. If you look at the pace that we break at at times, we've quite often this year, we've gone from having a corner or a free kick up at our end and we're putting the ball in the net within 10, 15 seconds of, of that happening. And I think that teams can't combat that. Yesterday, we probably should have scored 10 or 11 goals, really. I mean, we had the opportunities. But I think sometimes when you get 4 or 5 nil up, it, it, it kind of takes over and it's, I want to score rather than playing someone else in. or so. It's just, yeah, it gets a bit like that. And biggest weakness, Steve? Biggest weakness at the moment is uh, defence, really. I think we need to sort out the um, wing-back situation. I mean, I hear today that clichés definitely going mm. Zaba has gone um, Navas has signed for another year I'm not sure whether that's as a, a, a winger or, a, or, or an auxiliary um, so we need to really sort that position out I think central defence 
if we've got company, then I think either company and Otamendi or company and Stones works perfectly well for me. It, yeah, but I think it has to have company there. He's the one that seems to control it. He's the one that manages it. He, he makes sure that... And, and I think he gives the others that comfort that they need to be able to play. I think when he's not there, he just doesn't. It doesn't work. I think fullbacks has been well documented, hasn't it? I think we mm. know that. There's an argument about central defence. Can we talk about the goalkeeper as well? Is it a given that we have to go after another goalkeeper, or do you think with Young Gun as number two and Caballero and, and Bravo still there, we've got three decent keepers or two keepers and Bravo? Or you're saying, Paul, we need to go and invest in another keeper? We have to get another keeper to get to the level we need to be at. Bravo for me. If he's a number two, fine. If Caballero, Caballero and Bravo are not. There's not much difference between them Caballero is probably a better keeper actually in terms of what I've seen in terms of saving Bravo marginally better on the floor although we have scored two great goals recently where it started at Caballero and worked our way all the way up the field now we we have to get another goalkeeper in place uh, and what he pulled off a brilliant save to be fair a left-handed save which was you might argue a decent height but it was hit very well and it was definitely going in I thought it was a fine save um, in terms of kind of we've talked about Yaya and so on what about that midfield that sort of central midfield area Are we, is, Yaya, is, is Yaya got another season in him will those legs take him through another season do you think if he's prepared to stay on the bench on the odd games as well and remember we've got Gundogan to come back in hopefully and if he can be fit for the season lots of ifs about being fit Yes, I think you should offer Yaya another 12 months if he's prepared to take that because I think he can do it. He did it enough times this season to merit another 12 months. And if you think of the striking options, and I think the last couple of games to have Gabriel Jesus and Aguero both on the pitch at the same time, then with so you see that team selection, you know, with Sane and with Silva and De Bruyne, you know, you do get it, it does excite you, doesn't it? You think of those seasons where we've won the Premier League in the past. Do we have a situation where you think there's another striker that we need to, to have as a backup? Because Iheanacho probably isn't quite the finished article. Do we yeah. ship him out and get another one in? I think Iheanacho needs to, needs a year or two on loan, to be fair. I think they just he's not... If you look at... You compare him with Jesus, and Jesus is a younger player, but he seems to be more complete at this point in time. Um, yeah, potentially we need another striker, but... but it's got to be someone who's going to be happy to be on the bench from time to time because I can't, with that attacking abundance of attack that we've actually got, you can only fit so many players up front, really. Sure. Well, listen, let's take a quick break and we'll be straight back after this. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? I will know. That's that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Welcome back. We're going to go into our numbers quiz now. So uh, both rolling their eyes here. So I'm going to give you a number. Um, and you're going to tell me what it means. Uh, what does number seven mean this season? It's going to be good, this, isn't it? going to be lots of silences. It's good for radio, this, isn't it? Raheem Sterling. Yeah. It's to do with kind of, I mean, I'll tell you, where we finished in the last uh, top four for the last uh, seven, seven seasons. Mm-hmm. 
Thank yeah. you for that one, Nigel. Yeah, that was a great start. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about Sergio, and I'll give you a clue each one. 33. Sergio and 33. Number of goals he's scored Still, this season. Yeah. Most prolific season he's had. It is 32, I think, in 2014-15. And, of course, uh, Eric Brook on 177. What's Sergio on? Do you know what he's actually on? It's about 170 now, I think. It's one less than that. It's 169. So oh. he's, he's eight short of the all-time record. So, providing he stays fit and he gets picked next season, you'd like to think he's going to break that record, oh, which I will be absolutely I th- awesome. I think he will. And the other one is the only, only the fifth Premier League player in history to score 20 goals in three consecutive seasons. Who were the other players? Harry Kane. Very good. Uh, Thierry Henry. Very good. Two more. Alan Shearer. Oh, impressive. And? Uh, Andy Cole. No. Rude van der... Vu- oh, oh do you yeah. can't say it. He's, can't he's say it. a United exactly. player. It doesn't I matter. I can't possibly say it. The, yeah. That rude bloke. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think this one, we've had 18 already. You mentioned the number 18 already, so you should know this to do with uh, the number of uh, assists. Oh, Kevin De Bruyne, exactly. number of assists this season, yeah. And, a- yeah. and actually, he's pretty high in the world rankings for assists as well. Amazing. Mm. Uh, I'm going to turn it around the other way because it's really boring, this, because you've no idea when I mention number. So the question is... <laughs> it's um, just a poorly designed it, quiz. It is, really, exactly, <laughs> it's just rubbish. I think we should stop for this season, shouldn't we? should make this the last show, shouldn't we? I would have thought. Whatever. So, yeah, exactly. So how many goals and assists has Gabriel Jesus had in eight starts, please? Must be about 10. It is about 10. 10 it's 11. 11. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say 11. It's not bad, is it? It's no. incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, right. And we've done Pablo. Uh, we've done all that. The, the, the amazing statistic, you will not get this, but <laughs> that they even know the fact that the number of passes that we've made and the number of touches we've made is like the, the record since records began sort of thing. Well, it's on just, an average match, we, and is this the league season? Then? This is the league season. We make roughly somewhere between five and 600 passes a game. We outpass everybody by right. a long, long well, way. They're both a record, both yeah. in terms of touches and passes. We so, are, we've so got the most. 38 times 500, <laughs> or times 600, that's, four, that's 24, about 22,000. That's unbelievable, 22,704. Stato, we know why we call him Stato. That is ridiculous. That is absolutely bloody ridiculous. What, listen, what do we need next season, gentlemen? What, what is it that we need next season? 22,005. <laughs> <laughs> what is it we need to, 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 to strengthen our squad, to change things, to improve things? Uh, actually, I, I, I think we need a bit of strength and depth at the back. If we've got strength and depth at the back, then the squad will carry us through. I don't think we need much more than that, really. I, I, I'm with you. I looked at... Somebody tweeted a while, a couple of weeks ago, the Real Madrid second 11. And it's not second 11. It would finish in the top four in the Premier League. Yeah. It's such a strong squad. And they've got the capability of still attracting top players, even if they're not playing. We're not quite at that level that we can get that the second le- level players. But we need the depth because we'll get injuries, we'll get suspensions. That's what we need. And what's going to happen next season then, looking forward? So we strengthen in the areas either, you know, we are going to get a keeper, we are going to all the things that we talked about before. In terms of moving forward, what would your kind of prediction be? What would be a good season for Pep and Manchester City? He's got, he's got to get pretty damn close to winning the league next, next year or winning it. Um, he's got to get a little bit further in Europe and he's got to get further in one of the domestic competitions. He's got to get to, a, he's got to, get to some finals, really. I think we've got to get a trophy next year, yeah. whether it's FA Cup as a, mm. maybe the minimum, but equally we've got to be challenging for the league, even if we only finish a runners-up or even third again, but we're closer in there. We're within like two, three, four points and we're challenging right up to the death. And Champions League, we've got to be looking at really getting to the semis again. 
I think with yeah. a bit of luck, you can do that. It's, it's, it's a luck of the draw once you get to the last 16. And apart from Huddersfield Town, who are going to be the sort of our rivals then pushing for those uh, top spots sort of next season? Leicester City, Huddersfield Town and, and City? Or do you see any other the sort of top, current top four or five competing? Or is it really between us three? I think West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be up there, Steve? Help us out here. I, I think um, Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool will be the main challengers next year. The, the, the top four this year, I think, will be the top four next year, unless the others, Arsenal and um, the red team from down the road, make too much of a change. But I can't see that. I think Mourinho looks like he's ready to implode again, doesn't he? It looks like. The one thing about Spurs is playing at Wembley. I think that could be a real disadvantage yeah. for them next season. So that might hinder their attempts at winning the league. They're a good team, let's be honest about it, but I'm, I'm hoping they struggle next year. They're a good team like we are, but they're capable of doing that silly thing. You know, they, they didn't quite push Chelsea enough towards the end of the season. It's a shame because I wanted it to go to the, you know, like the... I think it also depends weekend. on how many players they lose as well because there's yeah. all sorts of talk, you know, that Carl Walker's already, you know, on his, on his way to City and one or two, or Danny Rose, are going to get both of them, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Uh, but certainly Carl Walker sounds like that might be a done deal from what, from what we've heard. Um, and there are others as well, you know, they, they may well be tempted by sort of the big money coming in and, and losing one or two of the big names, potentially. That, that's clearly going to impact on their season. They could be the uh, equivalent of Monaco because Monaco are going to get broken up, aren't they, as well? It's almost certain that three, four, five of their players are going to end up in either the Premier League or um, Spanish League? Uh, not that I like talking about them, but you mentioned the, the team from down the road. It gives me huge pleasure to know that they've invested, you know, they had Van Gaal when they ended, what was it, fifth. Yep. Um, they then invested in this Pogba and Ibrahimovic um, and they had a 20-odd game unbeaten run and finished seventh. I think it's hugely interesting. Six was it? They like, they like, they like six. Season. Sorry, yeah, fifth and then six, sixth. Sixth is United's position. <laughs> exactly. That's the, they bought it, I think. They, yeah, they, they paid for it. It's ridiculous the amount of money they spent to get sixth. Well, listen, we look forward very much to next season. Um, I've enjoyed it very much having you gentlemen here on the show. Um, really, all it really leaves me to do is thank our producers, our engineers our advertisers, our many guests that we've had on the show. But the biggest thank, of course, has to go to our listeners. And thanks for listening. And we look forward to talking to you all again next season. I think there's only one way for us to finish the podcast this season with just one song. So we're going to go out on a song. You happy with this? Maybe. Let's do it. Oh, Pablo Zabaleta, he is a fucking man. He is an Argentinian and he's harder than Yapsan. He plays in blue and white for Pelagoda's man. And when we win the league, we'll sing this song again. Oh, Pablo Zabaleta, he is a... This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at the whistleblowers.net and it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one Sports Social Podcast Network